Welcome to this 2022 special presentation for Black History Month. We have the privilege today to have two wonderful Loudoun County, Virginia residents. The first is a 97-year-old young Sarah Ann Brooks, born in 1924, and her younger sister, Rosetta Bush, a longtime Loudoun County resident who's 92, born in 1929. We are gonna take this opportunity to introduce these Loudoun County residents and get some understanding from their perspective of things that have happened to them over their lifetime for black history from the past all the way up into the present. Let me tell you about these ladies. They were born in Loudoun County, but in Sarah's case, she moved away for decades to live in Washington, D.C. and the state of Maryland. But she's recently returned in her retirement to live here in Loudoun County. So now we also have Rosetta Bush and we're in her home today, which she's lived in over 60 years after her husband, William Bush, actually built this property. I am Rosetta's daughter and I'm the aunt of Sarah. Um, Sarah's niece, excuse me. So we're going to have an opportunity to just have a tag team where we're going to ask questions of these ladies and get their perspective. As I've told them, there's no wrong answers. It's just us learning from them. The first question, without further ado, is going to be about presidents. They have lived a long life and there have been many presidents that have come and gone and we wanted to get their perspective on some insights they may have on presidents so sarah since you are the actual youngest most wise in the room we wanted to start off with you and ask you are there any presidents that come to mind that have had an impact on your life um president rosa okay how so mm -hmm. and uh kennedy and uh, Nixon, they opened up the job for the government, so for all the people that go into the government. I was in food service for 28 years, and after he opened up the opportunity for to go into the government, so I got a job in the, in the government. So are you saying that under President Nixon that black Americans weren't having jobs in the federal government? Mm -hmm. It's something in legislation he did yeah. mm -hmm. allowed you to work, and you worked in food service for how long? 20, uh, 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 28 years. 28 years. So you retired from the federal government. Okay. Mm -mm -mm. That, that, this was the district government. Oh, the district government. And mm -hmm. then... I had I went over enough to retire then. Oh, okay. So did you work anywhere else? Uh, I went to NIH and worked. And I worked at uh, two years at uh, Capitol Hill. Okay. And then I went to... After the... I, I had put in an application for... Uh, government prison office and it come through so I went there and take the stress test and I got that job and I think it was 85 okay. so I uh, I went there for the test and then I they, they, they had to call me back for they forgot to give me this test, test okay. stress test so I had to go back and take that track for they would hire me but I went there in 85 so I stayed there until 106. Okay, okay. So 32 years. 32 years. The government NIH and I don't know what Capitol Hill give me much. But you were able to get that job because of legislation of President Nixon. That's very interesting. Very interesting. And I worked on the line serving coffee. Then at lunchtime, I cut pies and cake. I mean, in the morning, and then after 
uh, I went to, had to go to the executive dining room and wait on the the, the, the executive people for, for lunch. Oh, hmm. And and when I went there, I stayed there till the NIH called me. And then I went out to the NIH and this guy that was EEO, Mr. Jackson, gave me a, told me he was leaving, he was going to leave. And I told him I was leaving, going too. So I asked him about getting into the prison office. So he told me to bring me my application. Mm -hmm. And I would, Grandpa, uh, so that, that he oh, would look at it. Wonderful, wonderful. And I had that it to him. And then he filled it out. And I had it was one year. And I said, one year, I got it to the government. Well, that's wonderful. So were there any other presidents that you said, uh, Roosevelt, you said Kennedy, and you said Nixon, any other presidents? Well, she can't remember them all. That's okay. You don't have to remember all. I can let your sister tell me some of her thoughts regarding. She knows more about everyone. Some of them, I, I left, I left yeah. Okay. Got a job in the, in the district. Okay, okay. And then I babysit until okay. I got into the, to the food service. Okay. So talking about presidents, uh, Rosetta, what would you think are some of the presidents that have impacted your life as a black woman? As a black person in the beginning, I think that, um, we were uh, really proud when we, I could say, when we uh, had President Roosevelt. And um, so he was uh, opened up a lot of things for me as far as health wise, because he was a uh, uh, health a paraplegic himself, I think. Mm -hmm. And then he uh, made it so that people that were paraplegic or any, had any kind of disability or thing, he would work. Those disability people, they would not get hired. Would not hire nobody like that. You would have to go to a special place to work. But so far, and he after he came there as a president in a wheelchair, so he said, I mean, he said, if he's the top officer, you know, mm -hmm. well, why can't other people get in office and work with a wheelchair? They then they had this disability act that thing, so that uh, the disability people could work in the government. Then they made ramps, and things for go the wheelchair go up and down. At first, they didn't have it because they had the elevator. But then, when they got ready to go in the building, they had to go in the building. They had to have a ramp to be able to go in. Mm -hmm. So this was how come they had to put ramps mostly and most of the buildings so that the people with disabilities could, could go to go to work. Right, and that was a big gap between Roosevelt's mm -hmm. time and the American Disabilities Act that happened yeah. several decades later. So Roosevelt, for you both, that was a big impact because of the support of helping people with disabilities. Any other presidents that come to mind? Yeah, and uh, of course, that, um, uh, I like Eisenhower. I remember when he came in, because he was the only person. He came in, and um, he, uh, and then he, uh, I don't know if he now, but then I went down. I like uh, uh, Barack Obama, and he came in, and he did the, did the health acts thing. The Affordable Care Act. Affordable Care Act, so we could have, everybody could have the, Insurance mm -hmm. and man, many people didn't have insurance with, and was afraid to go to the doctor and were dying. They had no insurance and then they wouldn't take you, look at you if you didn't have insurance. So that's where he or he had this affordable care act and uh, they tried to cut it down, they, took, they tried to cut parts of it out, but I think it's all it's still in effect and people can still uh, get on get, get uh, health service. Before we leave presidents, I have to ask a question. You brought up uh, President John F. Kennedy. When President Kennedy was assassinated because of his support for 
civil rights, and how did that affect you all in your life? It was awful. It was terrible. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do but it's just great. And you never know what these people are going to do. Assassinated just for unselfish reasons. Because, you know, he happened to have the black and not only black, but all the people of color. And all, you know, all of them not black. So, you know, it's just all the people that need help. And uh, so he was just, uh, he didn't, back at the evening, he didn't see no color as far as I could tell. He just, give you a job, he's going to job. And he paid for it with his life. Now, I, Sarah, you had said that initially you had started with food service and serving. Back in that time and all through your lives, black Americans had different jobs and different salaries. Can you see the difference of how it changed from whatever jobs you had to start with? Yeah. And then how it changed to opportunities you ha may have had in the future, and, and even opportunities we may have today mm -hmm. as the younger generation. Can you share any insight on that, Mom? Uh, you want to start? Okay. When I uh, first worked to work, I was making a dollar uh, a dollar a day, and I was helping in the home, private home and family. A dollar a day, not a dollar out, a dollar a day. And I was just as proud as I could get. Uh, Work and get a uh, uh, a dollar, and then they went from there to uh, when they, they raised the wages, they got a dollar and a half, and then they went to the I, I can't remember all the years that they did. They had a five dollars, uh, the low as they could go. They could give you thing and lower than five or five or eight. Then they got to eight fifty, but they had to work on. From five to eight fifty, and she let me took them so long to get eight fifty. So the minimum out. wage you're talking yeah, about, yeah, minimum right? wage. And then the farm went to ten dollars, and uh, but you know it didn't go right, right behind each other. They had to wait in between for the years for it to get there. And it was just so hard. And I, when I got my first full time job, I, I got fifty dollars a week, and I was working at the uh, at a restaurant, a simple restaurant. And it was a fast food like type of restaurant for the man he just had gotten out of service himself. It was this fast food uh, fish restaurant, shrimp boat. And I worked there for about a year and a half. And while I was there, I had an application in for uh, uh, another job. And it was at a bank. And they called me. So I had to tell the people at, at the shrimp boat that I had to leave there. And leaving because I was getting, another, you know, going another place, another job, and uh, I went to uh, Dominion Bank, it was Dominion Bank at that time, and I uh, applied for, uh, they, they wanted key coach operator, it was key point, I said, I don't know, but they didn't train me. So I went there and found out it was for working in the proof department, proving, uh, this is how I knew, didn't know anything about how, how the, the, the money went to your money go to the bank. The money go into the bank in a bundle. Then the, uh, the teller puts it in another bundle, send it to, and then it has to go to the proof department mm -hmm. to get approved. So when it came to us in the proof department, we had to go through each thing, each bundle, and uh, put that in the... So you had a job, they had you know, all that, the job training that you were afforded right. the opportunity. So how is, how is someone that's making, before I talk to Sarah, how is someone that's making a dollar a day able to support a family when you have children and have to take care of household on a dollar a day, which is not much for the week. How did you make things stretch 
You work five days. You work five, five days. days a week, right. you know, and then you get a dollar. But that one did not went to bank with the Oh, I know, but I'm saying in general, yeah. you started from a minimum right. wage of only a dollar and then right. got to a five dollar right. and an eight dollar. But how yeah. does someone who that's not a lot of money to live on? Mm -hmm. We know for today that would be kind of impossible, but how do you actually learn to live on a dollar a day with a five day a week? So that's five dollars a week. Pretty much, right? One, one thing about the, the uh, thing, you could get a loaf of bread for about eight cents. Oh. Or ten cents. And then, you know, it wasn't, the food and the clothing weren't as high. And it's all, you know, this is the reason that you could buy something or you could put it, they call it a layaway section. If you want something, to read, if you're working, you could put something away and you buy it. But the, uh, many times we order from a catalog, you have a nice thing to dress or suit. Nine So Sarah, you left Loudoun County and you went to bigger fish and bigger locations. So how was it for your job opportunities and money? That's probably one of the reasons you left, right? Well, when I left, left Virginia, I went to D.C. and I stayed with my sister and then she had me to get a job. I was a babysitter. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for a while. Then I got a job in food service. Yeah. And um, uh, I, 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 I worked there for, if it was, if it was when I come out of food service and nickel, it was a dollar and 98 cents an hour, that's all. Mm -hmm. That's all we were getting. Wow, that's not that much. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's the service. You had to work on it. That's what we had to get. So a lot of the things that I probably am understanding is that the reason why we probably have the minimum wage laws is because there wasn't a living wage that you all really were having at a dollar, dollar ninety-eight until they moved it up to five and then it's increased over time. Now, ladies, in the news of late, for the last few years, we have been seeing a lot more discussion about racism. And for your generation of, of people who have lived through in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 60s, and now we're in 2022. When it comes to what some may not understand is racism, can you give us some perspective of what exactly you've encountered in your life and what what you're seeing maybe being repeated again in some respect of, of people not liking people for, because of the color of their skin? First, I would say, when I was, the first thing I can remember recalled it when I was going to school. Now, we were going to school, okay. We went to the one room schoolhouse here, and it was in a church uh, because they didn't have school for, for Negroes at that time. And in any school building, and so we used the church building. The church right now, First Baptist Church for Watson. And uh, we went to school there. And, uh, but 
And when we got out, we went to, then went to eighth grade. When we got ready to go to high school, you had to go to Leesburg. It wasn't high school, he closer. But we needed some place to get, to go. We needed a bus or something to go to get there. We went to the school board. Said there wasn't enough people out here to send a bus out. Well, if we wanted to get to Leesburg, we had to meet the bus at Gilbert's Corner or Gilbert's uh, Corner was out there on Route 50 going west, and how would the child living here on Watson Road get to Gibbs Corner as she walked? And the bus had to come on certain time, he had to be out there and pick it up. Mama said, no, kids not going to go out there like that, walking like that in, that, in that traffic like that. And it wasn't enough traffic as it is now, but how would she like to walk from Watson Road? There wasn't no name on it then, it was just, just called 860. Well, 860 and then 281. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then walk up to Gibbs Corner. Mm-hmm. Or walk down 50 up to Gibbs Corner to catch a bus to go to school. And what time you would have to get up to get there? So we had to get, you know, we know, Mom said, no, we're not going to start it. So we could, they didn't do that. So, so, so let me understand something. When I asked you about racism, so you're saying the first understanding that you saw blatant is that the treatment of how your the children, the black children, yeah. and education and busing, mm-hmm. and the fact that because the black children were at a different location mm-hmm. than the white children, they were being asked to walk and not be in safe environments to right. get to even an opportunity oh, to go to school. And then they were in churches because they couldn't go to the white schools right. in Leesburg, Virginia. Right. Is that what you're saying? Right. <clears throat> in the beginning, and then when the 1955-56 came along, when it had broke that the barrier for the uh, school system, so you didn't have to go to Leesburg. You went to the closest school that were, and um, I remember and you were a small, and the first school you went to was Alden. I was so in the sixties, so my brother Aaron would have been alive. In yeah, the 50s. he went. He went right. to Alden also. He went there first, and mm-hmm. went to, that's the time he given Lee Alden to go to the high school or whatever. Then you were going in, mm-hmm. so that was. Uh, um, so did you have a situation where your children were at one time segregated and then it was they went to a desegregated school? Is that what you're yeah, sharing too? Yeah. Okay. But then too, uh, we had asked for a bus to come out. But the, it was a bus coming out here picking up the white children. Mm. But we weren't allowed to ride on it. That was coming right here to the store, picking the children on the road, white kids, ride right past us. We couldn't we couldn't get on the bus. So we, that's, that was the position they had. We had to go either, like I say, to Gibbs Corner or somewhere to meet somebody because you know, you know, need not meet the bus coming out from Middlebury. They'll stop there and pick you up and take you. So some of the laws that came out earlier about Brown versus the Board of Education, mm-hmm. separate but equal, you weren't really getting equal treatment no. because the white children may have gotten And that separate. bus was riding on right. the, we paying taxes. Yeah. That bus was riding out here picking up their children. And we, we, would, we had to walk and we had to go, and that didn't go at all. Right. So, so Sarah, uh, in addition to the education and busing, the differences between races with education and busing and school systems, what did you see as some of the racisms back in the day versus what you may be seeing now? It was, I mean, about the same. Mm-hmm. They, you couldn't ride in bus. You could, if you get going to D.C., you had to. Get the walk like the man Zion, get the bus, and, yeah. and you had to sit in the back. Mm-hmm. And then when you get, come out, when I come come out of school, 
They didn't have any buses for us to go to high school. So I left. Went to D.C. Got me a job. <laughs> Forget it. What's interesting is that I was born in the 60s, but I remember being in middle school and getting on a bus and I was in the front of the bus. But a little white girl came on and they asked me to move. And another little black boy said, she's not moving. Why should she move? But it's interesting to know that there was a still this concept or residual mm -hmm. thought that mm -hmm. you need to be in the back of the bus. You don't have the privilege to be in the front of the bus. Mm -hmm. And this was in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So that, that still may see. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you said the word Negro. I've noticed that over the decades, the names of black people have changed. And you were at one time colored people. Mm -hmm. My birth certificate says I've, I'm colored. Mm -hmm. And then Negro, colored uh, black American, African American, and sometimes yeah, you were called out of your name and you call it N-I-G-G, you mm -hmm. know, that, that was a racial slur. Mm -hmm. And um, so what have you seen as far as name calling from what you had back then versus what you have that you're starting to see kind of being revived as some of that ugliness and discussion? Well, now, uh, if you uh, call someone, you know, if, uh, without a name, there is, uh, I think there is a law. I don't know if it's a law or not, but you can you can get you will get reprimanded for that name. But uh, but especially if you're in a public place. Mm -hmm. But if you are you know in on on the road and thing like that, I don't, I, you got you, know, you don't know who this might ride past you and do something, but you don't know that. But um, if you were in a public place and they try to ignore you, then you can um, always. To report that mm -hmm. because uh, you're supposed to be treated. If you want to go in the library, you go in there and like it's like everybody else and get your books and read and, and what you want to read and say in there and read. But in the beginning, you know, we had to go in there and get our books and take them out. We couldn't, you know, wouldn't let you sit down in there. Mm -hmm. So that was one another thing. And um, but the, like with the school was it was terrible because we didn't have we knew no way to get to school and we had no. Um, was school close enough that we could even um, walk to high school or whatever. So until uh, I think in the early, uh, my brother and sister met in uh, Bernard and Bernice went to the first time they had the bus, they rode the bus. I think it was 88 or 89, something like that. 88 or 89, 88 or 89. what year? Of, of, of 1988 or 1989. That would be, you mean, you mean ride a bus? To uh, work? bus to school. Well, they wouldn't have been in school in 1989. You have the right year? I don't know. The yeah, you probably got your years off. I'll let you think that through. Um, what, what I find interesting, too, you're talking about education and sometimes words. So what about violence? Did you all have to be afraid as far as violence when it came to your color? Yeah, we wasn't afraid. It just that we minded our own business. They denied it, but we didn't have no problem with that. So there were no relatives or people you'd heard of that had been lynched or people doing anything for there were some, but not you know we didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. There were some in some of the instance some of the states that had uh, uh, you know people. Take, we, never had it, we, we never had it. We Loudoun County was pretty safe yeah, as far as the was, environment for well, violence. It was very nice. Mm -hmm. But the white folks were very nice to my mother, and. Uh, she went to work for them, and they would, she would, they would come and pick her up and take her, and she would come and do house cleaning for them and cook for them. Mm -hmm. 
But they were very nice people. So when you heard about violence in other states, for example, when civil rights started happening in the 60s and yeah. you heard about Dr. King, it, mm -hmm. it wasn't really in Loudoun County, but no. you did hear about it. Right. So what was your reaction when you started to hear more about civil rights and people doing activism or doing things, marches and sit-ins and those kind of things? What were you all thinking when you started hearing those activities? We wanted to go, but my mom said, no, we're too young to go out to go by ourselves. She would, she would not let us go. So she was afraid for your safety? I think she was because we were the only ones there and you didn't want to, she didn't want to have to send, them, send us out, we go, let us go out. We were 17, 18 years old and go be marching and thing like that. It's not that didn't, we didn't want it, we wanted to do, but she wouldn't let us go. So when you say she wouldn't let you go, you had 15 brothers and sisters, one of your... But they all wasn't home at right, the time. So, that was the way of working. So you didn't hear of any of your brothers and sisters no, participating? No, no, no. They all had good, because my brother, got jobs most of my brother worked for people that he, they lived in. And uh, they, they were very nice. So as you hear things that are happening on the news now, when they have um, slogans or marches for Black Lives Matters mm -hmm. or different violence against young people or whoever that may be of color, do you think that's a result of something that was in the past that is is kind of bubbling up again? It is. And what were your what were your thoughts when you see that on the news? I see that, but it, you know, right now you're not able to help do anything because of our eight year, we're older. But yeah, we see it. And we know we have to do the same thing, but it's so much more, um, you know, way that, and you don't know what children got. You can't, you don't know what, what to say to them much of the time because too many guns in the places, and you know they too much violence. But then uh, we have to be careful with that, and we see it, but we can't only do the only thing we can do now is read about it. And we, I'm not able to go out now. And, uh, they didn't have all the people had guns, but they didn't do like they, they wouldn't use them like they like the kids and things are doing now. Mm -hmm. Never had that. Nobody shooting nobody. This is uh, somebody like uh, the shepherd. So, uh, so they, um, without, they carry guns, without having too many names, because we don't want to do anything to say anything out of people's names. But in the case of the children weren't doing that or the adults weren't doing that. Do you think it has to do with the way that you all may have been raised in right. your households mm -hmm. and what you had instilled in you back then versus what's happening now? What's the difference right. that you see of how family structures or how people live now with kids and, and bringing them up? Do you see a big difference now? Yeah, it's a difference. Can you share what, what, are, you, what are the differences you're seeing? The kids, I, I guess they don't mind their parents and they just do what they want to do. And they can get guns and things, but we didn't have to do that. We never had no no, no, no guns or nothing, no violence or nothing, fighting about it. Well, how did you handle when you had a disagreement? You didn't agree with somebody in your family or other people out in the world. Were you told to do something different than use a gun? I mean, how did you all handle when you had a conflict? Just didn't say anything. But we didn't need to do it. They were conflicts with them. At that time, like they do now, mm -hmm. it was it was all together different. When we came up and when it was the kids, the kids are coming up now. How so? It, they don't want to mind their parents, and they don't do what the parents tell them to do. And it's uh, when they get 12, 13 years old, they just think they're growing. Mom and dad don't know nothing. That's not true. 
too because that is because uh, sometimes it's one family, one one parent family. Maybe the mother has the children or the father has the children, one or the other. But most of the time, the mother is left with the kids, and there's no man in the house at all. And the children just they get to a certain age, they you know they start talking back, and and uh, the mother she try to you know or she try to catch me, and you know you can't do that to me. I'm, I'll go and call the police. My, my little boy went and called the police because the mama said he's going to smack, going to beat him. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just say you beat me. He says, you beat me, I'm going to call the police. So you're, I heard you say that two-parent households may have been more prevalent back in your generation versus what we have now, and that there's a level of respect that children didn't um, <coughs> talk back or act out because they had respect or was there fear? Because back in your generations, there was more uh, what they would call corporal punishment or you got you got a what for if you were to act out. Your parents would actually wouldn't tolerate a lot of right. that disobedience that they do now. Well, they did beat the suit, but I mean, you wouldn't, you know, they, it was a love beat. You wouldn't like that. They would throw you out. You have a lot of love beats, huh? Preach and throw you out outside. And then, uh, they, they beat the kids, and the kids go out and throw them outside, and they come back and bring the gun back. And oh. Them, and, and, yeah. You know, parents, but you know, right. we have beaten. I had many beatings, but it's, it's for my correction. Something I did that I should have done, but I didn't do it again. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things. That's what the beatings are for. If you have a child that's, that's uh, don't want to mind, mm. and uh, but now you can't even beat your child, and you got something wrong, you can't beat it, so you have to know how to correct. Well, there's a way to discipline, but discipline. you have to do it within the law and not be abusive. Yeah. So they have the law on the book because people are going, you know, you beat them sometimes. They got some beating like we got. I think they, we, my mom was probably been in jail a lot of times. <laughs> But you know, this one of those things. She didn't do it. She didn't do it to that, kill us. She, she wasn't that rude. Right, right, uh -uh. right. She, she, she did it for correction. Right. And it was if you didn't listen, then you have to, you have to, that's what you would get. And next time you, you know, she didn't probably didn't have to do that, but once or twice, once or twice. Right. You got the message. You, you understood. Get the message. Right. Oh. But then too, I can say now with mine. And the minute they come up, I can sit down and talk to my girl. I say, I ain't gonna beat you. Beat y'all like I like uh, I gotta beat you. But you got a whipping, but you didn't get one per you know, just every time you turn around you you got a whipping. You didn't. Yeah, you got one that you remembered and you're right. trying not to do it again. Right. And, um, you, and you do you didn't do that again. You didn't do that again. If you got a whipping for something, you didn't do it again. And they tell you you couldn't you couldn't go nowhere. We couldn't go but we left our house. We couldn't go no further than our uncle's house, and that at the end of their court had, had a, a little bushy bag called a uh, uh, sugar pit. Uh, I think it was a sugar pit bush tree. We couldn't go no further than that. That was the end of his job. His, the field we used to play ball there, and we couldn't go no further than that. We couldn't go down. Then when we got maybe uh, working, actually working in Leon, we got to go to the top of the big hill. Mm. But that was our limit. We had to go that far and come back. So you had a lot of family around? Yeah, is that family something all too? around. They saw you going somewhere in the wrong direction or getting in a car with somebody they didn't know. Oh boy, mama knew that before you got home. So as black Americans back then, do you think having that family structure around and people looking out for one another, mm -hmm. children, whether they were yours or neighbors, yeah. everyone was looking out was to work together to protect the community? It was good. It was well, good. I don't think they all ever did anything too much 
was yeah. wrong, the parents didn't correct them. Mm -hmm. But it was just that they tried to bring them up in the right way. You didn't have to go to jail get none of them. She raised 14, uh, 12, 12, 13, 12 of her own and two of her grandchildren and made 13, 14 children right there together. So, you know, she raised those and as if it were her, you know, and uh, she never had to go to jail. We ain't never been to jail. We ain't never been nothing like that. Now, yeah, how, would, how, how would you say that your church, you, you mentioned First Baptist Church Watson, one of the historical churches in Loudoun County. How would you say that the influence of the church had on your family and the black community? Well, the preachers that we had were coming. You had one preacher there, he was there for 39, 40 years. But he was, uh, uh, they would come from D.C. And sometimes they, we had one preacher would come up here and mount down on the bus and walk in here to the church and walk back. Or somebody would come with me. He didn't have no car. Mm -hmm. He had nobody to bring back to me and not bring me. So he had to walk in. Have church, then go back, walk back out the mountain, get back on the bus. Bus coming on a certain time, and uh, go back. But we uh, the, the church, and then the same thing with the church. The church was disciplined. The people and the, the ministers, the people at the church knew your family, knew you, and knew and uh, if you went there for Sunday school or whatever, you, you did, that's what you went for. And when you got through service, then you go back home. But you didn't stop by my house. Yeah, I come home and I get ready. No, nope. you have to go home and then if you want to go back to play or whatever, you would ask if your mother would let you go back. But most of the time when you got out of church, you went home. So Sarah, when you went to D.C., you left a small country environment of the church here at Watson. Did you find that the community of the neighborhood and the churches were similar in Washington or was it a whole different situation? Well, I think it was totally different. Uh, uh, it was different from what we had here in Washington. How so? Uh, there were more people, and you could join uh, whatever uh, you wanted at the church. You know, I was I was I went to Tenth Street, and I was I, I joined the Mission Unit, mm -hmm. and I was taken by the other day, and I was. That's why I got a nurse and the piano player, she got happy. She didn't want me to touch her. Oh, boy, she, she said, you have it with a kid now. <laughs> you just fall out on the night and throw it forever. If somebody else don't get you, I won't. But they, honey, it's some rough people. It's some rough people down there, don't you think they ain't? Very, very, very bad. So where you said that Loudoun County was a little easier and safer when you went to the different environment of the District of Columbia, that was a whole, yeah, different, a whole different environment. Yeah. Were you ready for that environment? I knew your sister was down there, but were you ready to go into such a fast-paced environment of D.C., especially as a new black woman that's so young? Well, uh, I mind my own business. I went to work. I went to church. I'm, I'm segueing into a different subject. We're talking a lot in the news and about voting rights. Mm -hmm. Now, you all lived in a time where black Americans were not allowed to vote, and then you saw things change with the law that they put it on the books that you could vote, but then there were obstacles. You know, there was Jim Crow laws, there was poll taxes, it's guessing 
marbles in a jar. Can you share how that was in your experience? And then tell, tell us what you think about modern day, what we're seeing them going backwards, trying to make it harder for people of color to vote. I can't remember that. I remember. I remember the, 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 you don't remember not being able to vote, or what don't you, what don't you remember? Uh, yeah, I do. I don't think I remember nothing. I, I don't remember voting. You, you don't remember ever voting? or In Virginia, until I got to D.C. So you voted in D.C. Mm -hmm. What year, what time frame would you oh, think you started voting? I don't know. I can't remember then. Being too young. One of those young moments, I bet. But do you remember anything about voting your first time? Or <coughs> yeah, I, was, I, can, I was living, <coughs> home with my mom and my, my husband was in service. <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, excuse me. I would uh, take, uh, I wasn't old enough to go to vote, but I would take her, go with her to work, and then uh, she would, uh, if she was, with, if she wanted to go to vote. <coughs> but I remember we uh, went over there and a lady carried us to leave, but one of my work ladies carried us to leave uh, to vote. I mean, to, yeah, to register the register up, because there was a poll tax. If you wanted to vote, you couldn't vote if you hadn't paid your poll tax. And they would have that book there. You went in that voting thing to look, and your name wasn't on that book. You wouldn't, you weren't going to vote. You How much vote. did the poll tax cost? Poll tax was a dollar and a half. And if you hadn't paid that in the time to go to, to vote, you ain't going to vote. They won't let you vote. And giving us some perspective, you said that you were making a dollar a day or $5 a week at the earlier time and it got mm -hmm. to be higher five dollars for minimum wage mm -hmm. so a dollar and a half for every person that was old enough to vote that's a mm -hmm. lot of money yeah that was that was but you had to be had to be eight uh 18 i think or 21. i can't remember which one it was where you could vote i think it was 21. that's where you could vote because i remember uh, i said i can't wait to get 21 so i can vote i made it i, I then they lowered it back to 18. But that was way on up the years, way on up in the later years. But it was eight, one time, the first beginning was 21. But I said, I can't wait to get uh, uh, 21 or 18 or whatever it was the first time. And I remember, I used to carry mama over. But like I said, I was saying that later, carry her over to vote, and she had not paid her poll tax. So they wouldn't let her vote. And I said, oh my God. And that was, and you know, and wasn't anybody, that I can't remember that it was famous or did anything or do anything for us, but I couldn't remember all that politics about it. But then I remember they wouldn't let her vote because she hadn't paid her poll tax. So the, the next year we went and we got the poll tax paid, and then when she went to pick to uh, to vote, uh, to vote because uh, she couldn't read or write, and, I, and we had to take her over mm -hmm. to uh, do right, that. Right. So in your years, I, you've been a volunteer for decades, and one of the things I remember that you have volunteered for is you were an election worker. You and your, uh, was it your sister Viola or just you? Did you all help with the actual elections in Loudoun County? No, we had to carry people. We could carry them back to the vote. Okay. But we never, we never did any, you know, going out to, to uh, poll, work in the polls or anything. I did sign up one time, but I didn't get called. Oh, okay. And I thought but, you had uh, said you were interested in doing But that. I did, and... Uh, but then they never get called. I never get called. But anyway, um, they were um, times I can remember that. And then I got some moms to vote. I said, when I get older, I'm going to vote. And we, we, you know, I vote. I was happy to do that. But I remember saying to myself, I can't wait till I get told when I can vote. 
And then uh, we went to, had the teachers that come up and talk to us and tell us, if you don't vote, you can't get this. We got to get we one thing for the school down here. If you don't vote, we can't get. If your name is not on the poll to vote, they wouldn't give you anything. That's hmm. for the school or anything else. So how does it feel to hear that possibly there are things that are that are underway to keep you from voting now? Uh, it's a disgrace. Because every citizen in, in, in the United States, every sick, every chick or child, regardless of what you are, you are, you are a person, you are a, a, a um, citizen, and you should be allowed. That's one of your rightful things you should do. When you're allowed, when you're able, open up to vote, you, and you're old enough to come of age to vote, go and vote. Because many children don't know why it's so important for them to vote, register to vote. So you have to sit down. That's what I'm saying. I didn't really say the teachers would help out, help out. And how we got, I got information that ha why it's so important to vote. Because if you don't vote, you're, you, you're worried ain't nothing in the county or anything. If you don't vote for some somebody, uh, if they're not doing what you want to do, you can vote them out. But you got to know what that person stands for. And if you don't know that, somebody has to explain to you what it's for. Because I remember the teacher would you know, take us to the side because we we're in black school anyway and tell us. If you don't vote, you can't get this for the school. We'll never get out of school if we don't vote. Now, when you said black school, what does that mean? You all had a, you were in the segregated school. This was at the Watson Church or different school? Watson Church down here. The Watson Church. Were you at the church too, getting school? How long, How? what grade did you all complete under that school system in the church? I went to seventh grade. So you finished at seventh grade and you finished at eighth grade. Eighth grade, I went to Carroll Junior High School in Washington. Okay. And my sister went down there. And you had eight years up here before you did Go to high school. I left. I say, oh no, I. Ain't. I Was that go. because you were black? You couldn't go immediately. They didn't have no buses. Because so that's which full circle. Because you didn't have the transportation. Because mm -hmm. you were black, you couldn't further your education, right. which would impact what livelihood you would have I'm and a, what ability you would have to support your family. Right. I was determined I was going to get to my. Get a, I was going to get to school, get my education, get my high school diploma. And went over and we got the. We got the. I got. I went to D.C. and lived with my sister, and I got the eighth grade and the ninth grade, graduated from that. And uh, that's junior high school. And then when I uh, finished that, I was going, going to go to high school, but uh, some attorney at home was getting bad, and I had, I had to come back up and help mom with the, with the children were leaving, and nobody there stayed with her. And, uh, and Helen, I think, was small at home, too. And it had some small children there. We had to help out with some things like that. So you're saying the importance of education, you've said that a couple of times, to the people that are the generation now, especially black Americans and, and people of color, do you still see that there's a, a great value in them having education now? Yes, yes, yes. Everybody should be educated. It should be, uh, you know, you should have to go, not have to pay going all the way up to the, up to the first or second year in college. They should be like a high school. But they're talking about now trying to make the first and second year of college being the same as the high school. So that they can have a fair opportunity. Or four years high school. Right, right. Four, four years in, 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 in uh, finish the high school and in, 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 uh, four years of uh, other education have to pass in ninth, tenth grade. Going up, you want to go on to college. Right, right. And, um, uh, because this, this, it, this, this is supposed to be a rich country. I mean, one of the richest countries in the world. Why can't you 
educate your people to go on and then do something. It'd be nice to have uh, college, you have children who have to go back from home and stay. Mm -hmm. You said something that made me think of um, black and, and wealth. Now, in 2022, there are more wealthy people. Mm -hmm. When you were coming up, you didn't have an Oprah Winfrey mm -hmm. or, the, or people who were wealthy in entertainment or sports or things. How has that made you proud as black Americans to see that you have, have groups of people that are starting to advance and be elevated to president mm -hmm. or owners of businesses and that kind of thing? How do you feel about that? Great. And, it's, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's a hard road. I bet they had a hard road to travel. You know, it didn't go. It didn't, it didn't come by that easy. Those that didn't have it, unless they, unless something, family, somebody died, left you something. You know, whatever. Then you work hard, just like you say, and and save your money, and you not save your money, but work for better education. Keep on trying. Now, you want to finish? You want to finish college? You want to go to college? Go on to college. Sometimes. You work with people and they send you to college. That, that's, that has been some of them. But uh, it's just one of those things you have to uh, have a mind to want to do. I was determined I was going to get my diploma. So as we come to a close, what would you say, you're two black American women coming from a small county of Loudoun that has changed. Loudoun County itself has changed dramatically. I know you've been away for several years, but yeah. Loudoun County of the 1920s is significantly different and diversified in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, what would you all say as things that you want to give as advice to the black American children that will come long behind you and see this videos years from now? What advice would you give to them? I've heard you say hard. things. I would say uh, study and work hard, get your education and uh, and, and go as far as you can go with your education. The more education you have, the better job you get. And if you uh, have, you have a mind that you want to finish uh, college and do something great, you, you can do that. You want to be a, a technician or you want to be a TV person, you can work hard, you can be, you can do that. And you know, anybody that can do it, not only uh, children that are around here or lower, you don't have the money, Sometimes people will have money put aside for people that can't afford to send the children to college or even to school. So it's one of those things. If you work hard, I say any child will work hard, and, and I may mean work hard in your school, and I don't mean you just work, work and get it, but I mean you work hard, study hard, study. Have a mind to study. Go as far as you want to go. Don't ever stop. Sarah, don't ever stop learning. Sarah? So what was the question? What advice would you give to young people that you've lived these 97 years? What advice would you give to them as young black Americans or people of color? Well, I look at them on TV. A lot of them doing very good. I like the way they get the young girls and get up and speak for themselves and, and you know, say a lot of things that is really right for the, for the, for the, for the people that the kids that are coming up behind them. But uh, I don't know. I don't want them to come up like I come up. <laughs> Go to school and get get an education and get a job and, and, and work. Work hard. Do what you want. Make you make them uh, make you do what you want with anything. If you want to be uh, anything, you 
I'd like to thank Sarah and Rosetta today for the wonderful opportunity to learn from your life experience. I'd like to thank HPL for you Productions for helping with this 2022 Black History event of history, past, and present. Please join us for our next educational venture where we'll talk to young adults and get their perspective about past and present. Thank you.